1: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Ozzaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we hear the final message in a series called Peace in an Anxious World, as this is a game changer message when you develop the mindset of God's Spirit instead of worrying about things on this earth. Pastor Sean will share how this perspective can reduce your level of anxiety and even help you help those around you. RealLife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led right now to bless this listener supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at RealLife.org. Today is part two of the message called What Do You Think? Pastor Sean is teaching from Romans chapter 8. It's time for reaching for real life.
2: I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, you might want to turn there with me. Romans 8, I'm going to read 5 through 8 because I want you to see this passage and I want us to kind of slowly think through this passage for a moment. Romans 8, 5 through 8. Scripture says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now he's talking, he's writing to believers. This is written to a group of believers at the church at Rome. in The first century. Those who live according to the flesh, "'set their minds on the things of the flesh.' But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace." So you see these two opposites. The mind set on flesh. To set the mind on the flesh is death. To set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Look at this. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Let me pray for us before we go on. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us. I pray that we would hear and understand what you want to say. Help us to understand your word. And help us to listen. And then give us the strength to follow in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. This idea of those who set their mind on the things of the Spirit versus those who set their minds on the things of the flesh. And I want to suggest as we talk about this subject of anxiety, one of the challenges we have is I'm afraid 90% of the time our mind is set on the flesh. Now understand something. I'm not talking about sin necessarily. I'm just talking about the world excluding the Spirit of God. I'm talking about that part of us that excludes the Spirit of God. And when you start thinking about live according to the flesh, it's all about my desires, my goals, my dreams, my ambitions—about what I can do in my strength with my resources. That's what the flesh is about. It's centered on me and mine. That's the flesh. The mindset on the flesh has a problem. And where it says the mindset on the flesh is death, the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws. Indeed, it cannot. Here's what I want to challenge you with. The mindset on the flesh is hostile to God. I want to suggest to you that a person who is not hostile to God, a person who's a believer, a person who loves Jesus and has said, I want to give my life to the Lord through Jesus Christ, can have their mind for a time set on the flesh. And that mind becomes hostile to God and his ways, even though the person isn't hostile to God. I may not be hostile. I may love Jesus. I may be thankful. But when I choose to set my mind on things of the flesh, that mind becomes hostile to God because it's the exact opposite. It's not interested in the things of God. It's not like it's necessarily trying to hurt the things of God. It's just doing its own thing. That mind set on the flesh is hostile to God. And I want us to see that it is possible for those of us who are Christ followers, and that's who he's writing to in Romans 8, To have those moments of where our mind is set on the spirit and we're experiencing the life and the peace that comes from that. But there are those other moments where we've chosen to allow our mind to be set on the flesh and we experience what comes from the mind set on the flesh. I mean, stop and think about it. Something as simple as our, our house, we've got to live somewhere. Go and I choose to buy a house. Well, where am I going to buy a house? Well, I want it closest to my work and I want it most practical. And I want a good investment. And I start going through all the decisions I'm going to make about my house. And if I'm going about it in the flesh, and again, I'm not saying this is sin, except that it's excluding God from the equation. It's not necessarily bad to have a house. It's not bad to just look at the location, it's not bad any of that. The difference is when I set my mind on the spirit, I'm like, God, where do you want me to live? God, you know what you have for my life. God, I want this home. This is your home. I'm here for only a short time. I'm a steward. Everything I have is yours. So the mindset on the Spirit understands that. says, God, I want this to be your home. I want it to be a place that's a refuge for people who come in where they experience your love and grace. I want this home to be something that blesses people. That's the mindset on the Spirit. And so it's not like, well, I want to live here because it's convenience. Lord, where do you want me to live? Subtle difference. Externally, things may look exactly the same. I'm buying a house, using a realtor, going to a title company, doing all the same stuff, one is following the mind of the spirit, one is following the mind of the flesh. Same thing at work, my job. What makes me the most money? What advances my career? What do I need to do to get the job done, to get the deal closed, to get the project finished? Whatever I got to do, and I can just go, and just go, and just the mind of the flesh, just saying, I just got to take care of whatever. Or I can have the mind of the spirit. God, what job do you want me to have? God, you've given me this job, I thank you. How do you want me to be your, your man or your woman around this place where I work? God, you've given me a team of people I work with. Help me to be an encouragement to them. Help me to help them become what you want them to be. Same thing, you're going to work doing the same job, but the mindset is totally different. How about with your kids? It's very easy for us because we've got the world that tells us and the the government's involved in it, and now your kids got to do this, 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 and this, and this is what's good for your kids, and this is what'll lead to success for your kids. And so i got to check the boxes and get my kids through to jump through all the hoops so that they can be successful. And it's super easy to get your kids all the way through college and stop and go, I never stopped and asked what God's will was for them. He created them. He knows them better than anybody, including me. He knows the gifts they have. He knows his vision for their life. Did I ever stop and say, God, what is your assignment for them? How can I help them become what you created them to be? What educational opportunities do you want them to follow, Father? How can I help that as their parent and as your servant? You're doing the same things. You might be enrolling in school, and on the surface, it looks exactly the same, but the heart is totally different. One is in the flesh, because I'm just following what the experts say I've got to do with my kids, and the other is I'm saying, Lord, what do you want done with my kids? How about when we come up with a crisis or a problem? Oh my gosh, something's happened. I, I didn't look for this. I didn't expect this. Do I immediately go to, what does the world say we should do? What do the experts say I should do? Let me get a consultant, and what kind of resources do I have? How can I fix the problem? Or do I say, Lord... You're the Lord, this didn't surprise you. How do you want me to respond to this? Lord, give me your wisdom. Help me to see what you're doing here. You might walk through the same process, but it's totally different. That's what I think we're talking about when we talk about living life in the flesh, setting our mind on things of the flesh versus setting our minds on things of the spirit. William H. Shannon is a Catholic scholar and author. And he wrote in Silence of Fire, he says this, he says, it's not enough that we behave better. We must come to see reality differently. We must learn to see the depth of things, not just reality at a superficial level. This, is especially, this especially means we need to see the non-separateness of the world from God and the oneness of all reality in God, the hidden ground of love in all that is. This is what he says about prayer. He says, prayer is a kind of corrective lens that does away with the distorted view of reality store to view reality that for some mysterious reason seems to be my normal vision. And it enables me to see what is as it really is. It's powerful. There's a reality that is bigger. And I think what Romans 8 really reveals as it pertains to our conversation about anxiety is the best way to cultivate peace in an anxious world is to set your mind on the spirit of peace. That's what he's really advocating. Since the mindset on the flesh is death, the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. The best way to cultivate peace in an anxious world is to set your mind on the spirit of peace. And I want to suggest that's a challenge for every single one of us, setting our minds on the spirit of peace. When every single day, we've been raised, we've been trained and socialized just to kind of see what's in front of us, kind of process with our brain and make a decision. And in the same way that Dr. Moreland talks about habits that will change the way we think so that we don't automatically take the habit of feeding into anxiety, I think there's a habit we need to develop where we can learn to think differently when we look at life and begin to say, wait a minute, what's the mindset on the spirit say? And we stop and consider. See, the best way to cultivate peace in an anxious world is to set your mind on the spirit of peace. A couple things that happen when we do that. A mindset on the spirit sees what God sees. A mindset on the spirit sees what God sees. and this is so huge. There are two realities. There is the physical natural world we live in, and that is reality. I'm not saying it's not. Okay? I'm not talking about rose-colored glasses here or you know hypothetical pie in the sky. It, it's real. It's just not all that's real.
1: And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called, What Do You Think? It's in the series, Peace in an Anxious World, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. This is reaching for real life.
2: See, that's what Nitten was referring to when he talked about, you know, he goes and he sees his face plastered on nine different TV stations with influential politicians saying, this man has to be stopped. That would put the fear in any one of us. When people started knocking on friends' doors asking questions, the difference is, remember what he said? He said, I remembered back to how God had taken care of us and how God had worked. He, he knew this was real. He just knew it wasn't all that was real. He remembered something different. There's something very powerful. When you set your mind on the spirit, you see what God sees. There's a great example of this in Second Kings chapter 6. You remember, the king of Syria is told that Elisha, the prophet, is revealing his plans to the king of Israel. The king of Syria is trying to set ambushes. They're kind of at war. And he's trying to send ambushes, and they keep failing. And some of the people say, well, Israel has this prophet named Elisha who keeps telling the king of Israel what you're doing. And so what he does, the king of Syria, he sends an entire battalion, small army of troops, and surrounds the town where Elisha lives. Well, the scripture tells us that in the morning, Elisha's servant comes out, and he sees this army completely surrounding them. And he panics. And so he goes in and he tells Elisha, and here's what Elisha says. Elisha said to him, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. How would you like to be that guy? Because it's like, man, I believe in God, Elisha, and I, I know what you're talking about. and I believe in God and stuff, but I also believe in math. And I'm sitting here looking at this thing, Elisha, and I see them, and then I count us. One, two. See, I don't think the word more means what you think it means. Let me count it for you again, Elisha. One, two. Maybe if I do it the other way, I'll count you first. One, two. Yeah, see, it's still only two. How can you say that those who are with us are more than those who are with them? He's looking at reality and thinking Elisha's pie in the sky. Look what Elisha does. Then Elisha prayed. By the way, what an incredible, just simple statement. Elisha prayed. You know what he's doing? He was setting his mind on the spirit. His servant had the mind set on the flesh. Again, he wasn't sinful. He wasn't like, I'm not talking about lust here. I'm not talking about rage or anger, revenge, whatever, envy. He wasn't putting, he was simply had his mind set on the flesh. But Elisha prayed, set his mind on the spirit, and look what he prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. What a great prayer. What a great prayer. I can pray that prayer for myself. You can pray that prayer for yourself. Oh, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. It's not that this isn't real. It's just not all that's real. Open my eyes that I might see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Lord, open my eyes that i may see a mindset on the spirit sees what god sees you see you learn to see the world differently you know that these physical things that we face are real i'm not saying they're not they're just not all that's real you learn to look at the world through the lens of god's presence you look at you look at the world through the lens of his power see it's a new reality and it is reality. I mean, if we believe any of this that we're talking about, I mean, you're here on a Sunday morning. We look at it through this reality that of what we believe. There is a God. He is real. He is present, and he is powerful. And so when I look and I see whatever it is that's facing me, that sickness, that financial issue, that government issue, whatever it is, that thing at work, I look at it and I see that's real, but then I look back and there's the mountain surrounded with chariots of fire and the presence of the Lord and his power, and I go, but that's also real, and it changes you. You begin to understand and interact with the bigger reality. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, I love this passage. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. What are you facing? What are you walking through? I encourage that you take Paul's advice here. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. This is a guy who went to prison, he was beaten, and he was shipwrecked. And he calls his troubles light and momentary. You know what? When I think about his troubles, my troubles actually are light and momentary. But he explains what he means. And you understand how he says this and how he's not just being you know dismissive here. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Look at that word, eternal. He says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, the mindset on the spirit knows the difference between what's eternal, what's bigger, what's lasting, and what's not. That's the difference. The best way to cultivate peace in an anxious world is to set your mind on the spirit of peace. Second thing, a mindset on the spirit hears God's voice over the voice of the world. Mindset on the spirit hears God's voice over the voice of the world. Let me be real clear to you. The voice of the world is the voice of fear, stress, and anxiety. And if you question that, I want you to go home this evening and watch an hour of news. And remember what I said, the voice of the world is the voice of fear, stress, and anxiety. It really is. We, we understand that so much of where we delve and we live and we think is about fear. We understand news, okay? Bad news sells, all right? You're not going to get a, a, a Pulitzer reporting on a, a nice day that someone had, free of any problem or, or difficulty. Right, news, bad news is the thing that kind of captures our heart, and there's some, It's it's playing on fear. We need to understand our fear is being manipulated. But the voice of the world will often sound like fear, stress, and anxiety. And and listen, listening to the voice of the world multiplies anxiety. It's true. So if you've got something that you're facing, you've got stress, you start you go get some 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 worldly counsel. You start reading some worldly texts, and then what you will happen is you will find that, that often your anxiety is multiplied. Well, if listening to the voice of the world multiplies anxiety, then acting according to the voice of the world multiplies, multiplies anxiety exponentially. Because what happens is when you begin acting according to anxiety and fear and worry and stress, and then you start acting out of it, what you're doing, you're sowing seeds that yield a huge harvest that you have to deal with and instead the voice of the lord the voice of the lord is that voice i'm just telling you something happens the minute when you're going through something stressful something difficult something challenging something that's threatening your peace and filling you with anxiety and you just begin to stop and say lord what do you want to say Just that act begins to bring the anxiety level down. The voice of the Lord is the voice of peace. And it is our very lifeblood. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 3 and 4? He's being tempted in the wilderness by the enemy. It says, the tempter came and said to him, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And you're like, well, what's the big deal about that? Okay, well, big temptation, ooh. You know, yeah, he'd been fasting for forty days. Okay, I can't do a carb-free diet for like a week without you know. If I see bread, I'm like, oh God, please, must have it. You know. Yeah, you, you've been there. I see. He's forty days with no food. He's starving. His body is starving. And the enemy says, "Well, if you're the Son of God, just command those stones to become loaves of bread. You can do it. Just do it." But Jesus answered him, it is written, look what he said, in that moment when he is physically starving, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's quoting from Deuteronomy, this foundational principle. And he doesn't say man doesn't need bread or food, but he says we don't live by that alone. The word of God is life being able to hear the voice of God and see the mindset on the spirit hears God's voice over the voice of the world. And that's one of our biggest challenges because the voice of the world is screaming and it's everywhere. And the voice of God sometimes takes getting quiet and hearing that still small whisper. But oh, it's the voice of wisdom. It's the voice of peace. It's the voice of the creator. It's the voice of the only one who knows the future and who knows what's actually going to happen. It's transformative. And the mind set on the spirit hears God's voice over the voice of the world. See, the best way to to cultivate peace in an anxious world is to set your mind on the spirit of peace. Last thing. A mind set on the spirit experiences life and peace. That's what Paul says. Mind set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the spirit... Is life and peace. Mindset on the spirit experiences life and peace, and that's been the whole point of this series: peace in the midst of an anxious world. Frederick Beckner said this. He said the hardest thing about really seeing and really hearing is when you really have to do something about what you've seen and heard. In that truth, because I'll tell you what: mindset on the spirit can see the things God sees. Mindset on the spirit can hear the voice of God over the voice of the world. Um, If you see the things God sees, and you hear God's voice, and you do nothing about it, man, the only thing worse than not knowing truth is knowing truth and not doing something about it, and not walking in it, because you literally become like like immunized or inoculated against the truth. For us to experience the life and peace that God has for us, there has to become that point where we say, okay, I've heard and I've seen, What I do with it will determine whether or not I walk in life in peace. That's the challenge. A mind set on the Spirit experiences life in peace. I love this verse, Isaiah 26, 3. Speaking of the Lord, Lord, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's what we're talking about, trust. Because he trusts in you. An act of trust that says, I'm going to set my mind on the Spirit. I'm going to see the things that God sees and shows me. I'm going to listen for His voice in the midst of all the other voices. At the end of the day, I'm going to follow Him. Because really, you're going to come to this little fork in the road when there's going to be the voice of anxiety that says, react. React and do this, this, and this voice of the spirit is going to say here's what i want you to do i want you to follow and he'll have you do things not to say you're not going to do anything but they'll generally be very different things and you're going to be at that fork in the road you got to decide am i just going to follow the anxiety like i've done many times before or am i going to stop and say wait i'm putting my mind on the spirit and he's saying this and i'm going to begin to act according to what he's saying That's a game changer. That's a game changer. Remember what William Shannon said about prayer? Prayer is a kind of corrective lens that does away with the distorted view of reality that for some mysterious reason seems to be my normal vision and enables me to see what is as it really is.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, Peace in an Anxious World available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you, or even better. Your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more real life.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.